This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. It might be the international break, but there is so much to discuss concerning Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back three very special guests and returning guests to the Spurs Chat Podcast uh, this evening. First up, we've got channel regular Craig Dearman back with us. Craig, how are you? Are you ready to get in that hot tub there? God, God, that's the last thing I want to do. It's absolutely roasting. That's why I'm in the garden. It's just like ridiculous in our house. So, but we can't moan. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's, it's going to be wind before we know it, and we'll be wishing it was like this. So, so yeah, but just a bit hot today, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Join the sunshine, I must say. We have also got channel regular Becky Day back with us, of course, part of the Cheese Room podcast. Becky, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, nice to be on talking um, bits and pieces about Spurs, even though it is the internationals. But um, it's not too hot up here. We've kind of had sort of thunderstorms up in Chester, so definitely oh. cooler than it is in the south. Yeah. Oh, it's very, very hot here. Um, we've also got Johnny Bow back with us, of course, radio presenter at Dublin's Q102. Johnny, lovely to have you back. How are you? I'm fantastic. But just like Craig, absolutely boiling here in Dublin. <laughs> It's so warm the last week, but I'm not complaining in a way because we don't get weather like this. It's been very sunny, temperatures around 28, 29 degrees. So it's very unusual for September, but you know it's nice to have it because the weather's going to change apparently in the next few days. So it's good to be here. Yes, enjoy it while you can, Johnny. Right, Craig, let's start the show with you. Of course, we have four Premier League games in. Uh, we are unbeaten so far, three wins and one draw. We're sitting second in the Premier League table. Of course, that draw away at Brentford on the opening weekend of the Premier League season. A win at home against Manchester United, a 2-0 win against Bournemouth away, 5-2 win at Burnley. And of course, uh, dare I mention it, out of the Carabao Cup in August, uh, of course, 1-1 draw um, against Fulham, we lost 5-3 on penalties. But overall, Craig, you know, looking at the Premier League form, and Postacoglu has started really well. The Spurs fans are smiling again. How are you feeling? Yeah, apart from that blip against uh, Fulham in the Cup, it was it was just like watching another team. I think I was on 
the pod that night, actually. Um, and it was just, it felt like we'd gone back in time a year watching that game. Um, so for, but for me, you know, that's tarnished it a little bit. But but if you're looking at the Premier League, then you, you can't really complain. It's been almost almost perfect, hasn't it? Apart from that, that, that Brentford game. Um, just a great start to the season. I'm, I'm sure... Um, I can't remember us having much better starts. I don't know. I know it's only four games in, but but I can't actually, certainly in recent history, remember much better starts. So, look, we can't complain. He did say there'd be a few bumps in the road at the start, and there doesn't seem to be other than the Fulham game, but that was for different reasons rather than players adapting to the football. I think that was just culmination of things. Um, nine changes as we went through before, so that didn't help, but on the whole, just really, really pleased with, with the start we've made. And and dare I say, at the moment, we're not missing a certain centre-forward that left for Bayern Munich, which I'm sure we may talk about certain comments that he made yesterday. Um, but at the moment, it's kind of um, a distant memory, dare I say. Um, so long may it continue. And a new signing today as well, apparently, or certainly one that's almost on the way in which a lot of clubs were after. Apparently, City wanted a bid... Uh, 30 million for him or, or 9 million uh, a few months ago. So, so it sounds like we've done well to get that led. So, yeah, all in all, good start to the season. Can't complain. Well, as you mentioned it now, Craig, I will mention it. Um, within the last hour or so, Italian journalist and transfer expert Fabrizio Romano stated exclusive Tottenham on the verge of signing Croatian centre-back top talent Luka Vasovic. Um, after top project uh, for the development um he only wanted Spurs despite uh, five top clubs being interested. Uh, but it is likely that he will stay at uh, Croatian side Hadrick Split. He is only 16. Um, he made eight league appearances for his club last season, but it does look like he will stay there until he's 18. Um, Craig, let me come back to you um, regarding the feeling at the moment because I want to talk about the feeling because, of course, you've been on so many podcasts with me in the last couple of years under various different managers. And it's fair to say we have felt down, uh, you know, a, a lot of the time, you know, during a lot of these matches. Um, what has Ange Postacoglu done, in your opinion, in these last couple of months? Uh, it's just incredible what he's done and what he's had to deal with from day one, really. Um, you know, he obviously knew from very early days that Harry Kane wanted out and was likely going to be going. And that probably threw all of his plans up in the air almost from the start. But he just seems to have come in. I think the main thing he's done is galvanise everybody. He's he, he's brought the fans back together to a certain degree. He's, he's made the players believe again. He's I've seen players that didn't perform under previous managers starting to perform again. Um for one, Bissouma just looks like a completely different player because he's playing the football that he he was born to play, if you like, because he was trying to play in a different formation and different way of playing under Conte, and it seemed to stifle him a bit. So he, he's he's just he's just basically I know it's a cliche, but he's given us Tottenham back, hasn't he? You know, as you say, I've been on here for the last. God knows how many years we've been doing these since lockdown, Chris, I think. And yeah. there's been some dark pods I've been on over those years with you. And um, there have been some good ones as well. But, you know, there's been some It's a performances for me. It's seeing us play the way we want to see us play, I think. And that's, what, that's the main thing he's done. He's got us playing football again that the fans want to come and watch. And I've certainly enjoyed watching these first four games. It's just, it's just been... 
it's been like a breath of fresh air, to be honest. And to be honest, it's got my, my kids back into watching Tottenham again because at times they didn't want to watch us. They were bored of watching us, you know, the boring football. But now they both want to sit, sit and watch the games again. So so I'm, I'm sure I'm not, not the only one and only family that that's happened to. So it's, it's, it's really, really good. It's It's... It's just put a smile back on everybody's faces again. And it's just great to see. Becky, let's come to you. Of course, you were last on the channel um, on the opening weekend when we drew 2-2 away at Brentford. Uh, but since then, we've won three on the trot um, in the Premier League. Um, how have you? How would you describe Ange Postacoglu's time at Spurs so far and, and the season so far? Um, I think, agreeing with what a lot's been said already, is that we we wanted to take things calmly. We wanted to sort of not get ahead of ourselves too quickly. And we wanted to listen to what Andrew was saying. He was, you know, if you're saying like, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road and he's going to change a whole system and a whole kind of culture and a way of playing and things behind the scenes and he's going to bring youngsters in. We need to just sort of go on that journey with him. And I, and after I said after the, the Brentford game, you know, the the defense was a little bit shaky, wasn't it? And we had to make changes because um, Romero got injured, and then um, Sonny gave away that penalty. And then we turned up at United, and I said to people, I didn't really know what to expect. Were we going to get beat four 0 Were we going to win four 0 Was it going to be four all? And then then because the way we played against United, and the it just kind of like you said galvanized everybody, and it's kind of kicked on from there. And the fact that they they just look so much more of a team. There's there's so much happiness on their faces. We've got the things that, like you said then about young supporters, like that you know the clicks and the high fives and the kind of celebrations and and I, I've had lots of conversations about people watching Match of the Day again that they just stopped watching Match of the Day for the last sort of two seasons because they just didn't want to re-watch Tottenham and you know we have got our kind of love back and although we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's just so much more enjoyable now and I've seen so many people say this weekend that. They hate the the international break at the moment because it's stopped yeah. us watching Tottenham. Whereas in the past, it was like, yeah, it's fine. I could do it two weeks off from Tottenham. So it's like a completely different um, approach. And I think, you know, long may it continue. Becky, for those people that weren't at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for that Manchester United game, describe the atmosphere, particularly after the game. Because I know we've already said that everyone's on a high at the moment. Everyone's got a smile on their face. But that atmosphere, we haven't witnessed something like that for some time at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. No, and if you think back to like the last sort of home game before that, which was when we lost to Bournemouth, I think, wasn't it? And most people left before the final whistle and they had the women's match straight after, if I remember rightly, yeah. and, and the presentation and all that. And it was just completely different. You know, they boomed the sound at the end to stop the booing and to kind of drown the booing out. And then you've got um, the, the United game where, you know, yes, it was brilliant at the end, but from, you know, when the, when the supporters started arriving, you know, from the kind of the the work that people had put in behind the scenes with the trumpet and, you know, um, just that kind of where that all sort of began. And, and then you had the drum and, and that just sort of, it was this continual wall of noise. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was just relentless. And I think they really fed off it. The players said that they really fed off it. Um, you know, they've kind of, we, you, know, you talked about the Fulham game and I think even for, you know, we've had a lot of away games so far this season, you know, the, the way support has been fantastic and the, and that's kind of really helped as well. And and you can see that kind of connection, you know, the way Madison has been with the players and, and the supporters and Saar and you you talked about Vesuma and, and it's just this kind of positivity, Van der Ven, the way Romero stepped up. You can really, you could just kind of go on. But yeah, I think the whole kind of atmosphere at United was just amazing. And, you know, we've got, 
we've got Sheffield United next and then we've got kind of Arsenal and Liverpool games. So it'll be interesting to see how those are, those atmospheres are um, at home and hopefully they're the same. Absolutely. Johnny, let's come to you. I think the last time you were on, um, we were talking about who is going to be the next Tottenham Hotspur manager. Of course, Ange Postacoglu has been appointed. Uh, we both said at the time that a lot needed to happen in terms of incomings and outgoings. We, we'll talk about the transfer window in a minute, but a lot has changed since the last time I spoke to you. Um, have you been pleased with what you've seen so far this season? Yeah, I think from the, the Brentford game to all, I think uh, a couple of seasons ago, we might have lost that one. Um, but we hung in there with that little bit of fight and aggression that they have now. They didn't have last year or the year before. So I could see that to all. And then the Manchester United. I mean, in that game, um, we could have looked. There was a couple of chances Manchester United had. There was a bit of open play where Rashford missed and, and Anthony yeah. missed a sitter as well. So it could have finished. We could have lost it. You know, we were lucky in a way. But uh, as the games have gone on, we're getting better and better. And I think the, the players are buying into the style of play more than they had done. Um, and so you can see that they're comfortable playing the way they're playing. And he's shouting at the touchline, you know, pass the ball forward. That's something they weren't doing. It was always going backwards. And I think I brought it up on previous podcasts with um, a couple of players that were passing the ball backwards all the time, Hoiberg being one of them. And uh, now they're not doing that. Well, they do it sometimes, but he shouts at them when they do it. And I think that's, he's trying to enforce it on the training ground and then implement it into a match. And that's not easy because you're so used to playing another way. And now all of a sudden the manager's asking you to play this style. So you have to try and do what he's asking you to do. Otherwise you won't get to play. And I think Richardson's struggling to play that style. It just doesn't suit him at the moment. But anyway, that's, a, that's another story. But in terms of the way they're playing, um, it's great. Uh, may it continue. Johnny, I, for one, am, am trying not to get carried away at the moment. I'm loving this entertaining style of football, but uh, the, uh, the unbeaten run at the moment in the Premier League, I'm not going to get carried away by because, of course, previous managers, even under Nuno Espirito Santo, we won the first three out of three. And then, of course, he won the manager of the month award. Posta Coglu is up for the manager of the month award that we'll talk about uh, shortly. But um, what is going to be different for you this time around? Because even when you look back to uh, the start for Antonio Conte, the start for Jose Mourinho, they had good starts. All of the fans were buzzing at that point, or most of the fans were buzzing at that point, uh, stating that, you know, these are serial winners. These people are going to bring success to the football club. What's going to be different this time for you? And what do you think Postacoglu can achieve with this squad? I think we're going to see a lot of goals being scored as in because already we've we've had a big victory and it was a 4-1 it was a 5-1 5-2 five, five, but so we're we're going to see a lot more of that and it's going to be we're going to score four goals um you're going to score three goals there will be a lot of this 4-3 5-4 that that will pop up you wait wait and see um it won't be as much as 3-0 a lot i think i think we're going to go forward and whoever we play if they score three we have to score four that's the kind of football I can see. And I've spoken to a very good friend of mine who's a Celtic fan. And he said, that's the, that's the way Ange Postacoglu has his teams playing. And Brian Kerr, the former Republic of Ireland manager, uh, was also on the radio recently saying on News Talk about the fact that when, he, when, he, when Ange was coaching in Australia, the team he was coaching was playing that style of football. Go forward, score as many goals as you can, more than the opposition. Um, so it'll be interesting, actually, when we play Manchester City, because they're a, go a you know a goal machine. So you know it may not be like when we used to play when we when we played and we beat them one nil uh, under Nuno, 
and I think we beat them one nil at their ground and our ground, and, and we had a good record. I think the next time we play Manchester City be four three, it'll be something like that three two four three because I think it's going to be a lot of goals because we're not going to be we're not going to be defending you know holding on to the lead like we used to score one goal and then everyone put ten men behind the ball like that's not going to happen. It's going to be like all going forward. So there, we will concede a lot of goals as well along the way. So that's something different that the, the players are going to have to get used to. Uh, and also the fans are going to have to get used to seeing, but as long as we're winning, it doesn't matter anyway. You know? Craig, let's come to you. Um, same question, really. Are you getting carried away and are you getting excited uh, for this Ange ball that we're playing at the moment? Because when, you know, I'm going to come on to the transfer window as well. Um, I suppose the question is going to be that in the last 24 hours or so, there's been, um, you know, quite a scare that Romero was injured, but of course he has been training with, Argentina, so it does look like he will be featuring for Argentina in their next international match. Um, did Spurs do enough in the transfer window for you? Um, do we have an up depth if someone like Romero got injured? Yeah, I'm trying not to get carried away, much like everybody else, but you know, the, the reason I was probably a minute late tonight, I was watching the Irish Open Golf, uh, which is coming from the K Club, and uh, obviously cheering on Rory. And Rory put three balls in the Liffey when it looked like it was his to lose. So Rory's dropped out. So it's very similar to what could quite easily happen to Tottenham. Three players drop out, and I still think we're a bit light answering your question. Um, I think that transfer window, again, as we've said many times for me, I think we're as two or three players short of it being a fantastic. I still would have preferred to get another centre back in, but apparently Ashley Phillips has been doing very well in training and Postacoglu obviously trusts him. So we've got to trust that, haven't we? We've got to trust that process. He obviously feels, and it will be telling if Eric Dyer um, gets in ahead of him, where, where he is on his sort of journey with Tottenham now. So um, for me, I would have preferred a couple more players. Like I say, I, would have, I wouldn't have been against Hoybier going out, but obviously he scored... Uh, was it tonight or yesterday? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it, it's a difficult one. I'm not trying to get carried away. I am excited about what the season can bring. I'll be honest with you. I think we keep this up. You know, I think let's let's. I'm going to try and reassess where we are at the end of October, the next international break, because we've got some big games coming up now. It will be really interesting. I want to play an, a, a Liverpool. I want to play Arsenal, and I want to see where we are after that and see how we cope with those games. Because if we're still up there after that and we're still playing this brand of football, and as long as players don't get injured, you know, I would much prefer um, Madison not to play a minute against Scotland on Tuesday because I don't see the point. You know, he's kind of proved the point of what he played well the other night for England. I don't think he needs to play. Just give somebody else a run and, and just get our players back injury-free and see see what we can do in these next three or four games before the next international break. And, and then I'll perhaps start getting excited and carried away into November uh, if we're still up there. But at the moment, we're sitting pretty. We're doing well. We're doing good. It's enjoyable to watch and there's nothing to dislike. I can't think of any negatives other than the Carabao Cup exit, to be honest. Great. Can I just come back to you on the, um, since I spoke to you last on the last podcast, of course, Spurs done a, a little bit more business after the transfer window closed in England. Of course, Davinson Sanchez moved to Galatasaray on a permanent deal. Tongi Ondombele moved to Galatasaray on a loan deal. Harvey White has moved to Stevenage. Maxim Paskotsky has moved to Grasshoppers. Um, the one I really wanted to um, talk about is the Davinson Sanchez one. Is it the right decision 
and, and, and I can't quite believe I'm asking that question. The only reason I'm asking it is because it does leave us very short at the back. If an injury occurs to Van de Ven or Romero, you just mentioned there Eric Dyer. It doesn't look like Ange Postacoglu fancies Eric Dyer uh, in any shape or form. Um, not being a part of any match day squad um, in in the five competitive games so far, was it the right decision to sell Sanchez now, or would you have sold him in the January window when we brought someone in? Yeah, it's a really good point. I'm, I'm just touch on Ndombele. I, I just think it's incredible our club record signing, and we still can't get rid of him. And even if they do take up the option to buy him or whatever, you know, if he certain clauses, then they're still going to be paying for him in 2029. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? What what a fall off, but. Yes, yeah, Sanchez. Um, after that Barcelona friendly, he, uh, I've, look, I've always thought there's a player in there, but he's just had so many errors at big game uh, in big games for us. He, he was never really first choice. That first season, he came alongside Jan and Toby, and he seemed to be thought we got a really good cracking player here, and I think he had a decent World Cup as well. Um, but he. He just hasn't done it at Tottenham, has he? I liked him. I, I liked Sanchez. He was never the best player. Like I say, he's always accident prone. But at the end of the day, he didn't deserve to get booed. And I came on here and said and said that very thing. Yeah. I thought it was disgusting that he got booed. You never boo your own players um, in those situations. Obviously, the Ndombele situation was different, different when he was just meandering off the pitch. That was a slightly different situation. But during the game, you know, he didn't deserve that. So, I'm, in a way, I'm sad to see him go because because of the Eric Dyer thing. He doesn't fancy Eric Dyer and it does worry me. Play such a high line that Dyer ain't going to be able to get back. So, that's what makes me think he trusts Ashley Phillips. I've no idea if he's got pace, but I would imagine he has. Um, you could, I mean, I've heard some people say, and I probably agree, a push. If Romero gets injured, you could put um, Emerson Royale at right centre-back. And he done, he's done the job for us there before, so I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would have preferred to perhaps hold on to him until January. But then again, they obviously what he wanted to go. Uh, Galatasaray offered the money that's made Spurs turn their head, so they just made that decision. But we did need to get players out the door as well. Remember, um, which I think we've we've got down to that correct level now, haven't we? Um, is there any players that are going to miss out on the? on the squad numbers because of that? I don't think nobody missed out, did they, apart from Lloris, perhaps? Well, that was my next question, actually. Um, Lloris still at the club. Eric Dyer has had a meeting with Daniel Levy to discuss his future. Are you surprised, Craig, that those two are still at the club, still want to be at the club? I'm surprised about Lloris. I'm not so surprised about Dyer. I think um, I think Dyer probably wants to just see his contract out and see where his uh, options are next summer. I'm incredibly surprised Larice hasn't gone because he was he had that meeting as soon as he came in and it was clear that he didn't he wanted to move on he came out and said he wanted to move on and new challenge he was he agreed to stay behind and not go on the pre-season tour to find a new club and there we are at the end of the transfer window and he still hasn't found a new club so I find that baffling to be honest with you um I don't know who's definitely come in for him if any offers came in yeah, she turned them down. You had all these different rumours. Um, was Saudi the Saudi league in for him? I don't know. Um, he's a weird one, Larice. Um, and, it, and it's sad in a way that because he's he's been a fantastic servant to Tottenham, hasn't he, over the last ten years or so? And yeah. 
Um, what I would have liked to have seen him get is to just 10 minutes at the end of the game against Shakhtar, to be honest, because I think that would have been, that would have been nice. I think he deserved that. I don't think he deserved just to drift off into the sunset, you know, but, um, yeah, very strange. But I'll say Dyer doesn't surprise me at all. I think he'll be here till, till next summer and then he'll go on the free. Becky, let's come to you um, on the same point, the transfer window. Are you happy with the transfer window, the business that Tottenham done, uh, both in and out? Because, of course, on transfer deadline day, uh, bang on 11pm, uh, we got the news that Brennan Johnson has signed for Spurs. But are you happy overall? Yeah, I was in Holland that night. Um, so it was kind of like scrolling through Twitter to kind of see any updates. And just talking then about Luis, there was rumours that Nice came in, wasn't it? Too late. Yeah. And he put that statement out, didn't he, to say that it, he... He, he couldn't see the project and in other words, he wasn't going to be number one goalkeeper. So I think it's a tricky one for Luis because he wants to be the first choice. But I, I agree for those of us that were at the Shakhtar friendly, they did, they, they did like a guard of honour, didn't they? For their goalkeeper was it like 15 minutes in yeah. and it was all quite yeah. bizarre, but the, people were saying to me, why didn't we do that for Luis? But anyway, um, yeah, that's a funny one. I think the whole Dyer one, I think, I think he, it's a bit like Luis. Luis is settled in London and his wife has got a business and she's very settled in London. And I think Dyer is similar, his partner's, I think, due to have a baby and he probably would like to stay. Um, the difficulty is, I completely agree, is that, you know, Ashley Phillips, he's a big unit and, and he's been signed for the future, but would he be somebody that would step in quickly? And it's it's tricky because all the young players that have come in this season, like we talk about people like Van der Ven, they just, and Udodji, they just seem to have settled really, really quickly. So if we trust and then if if necessary Phillips needs to come in he he can come in I noticed that he scored didn't he I think yesterday for the under 19s England team so he is getting that kind of experience and there's rumours today isn't there um Romano has said about um a 16 year old Croatian defender has apparently been signed and you just think well that can't be for somebody for this season so there is that kind of building but equally you know, when we all saw that that um, rumour about Romero yesterday, it was all like, oh no, you know, what happens next? Because it is that sort of thing, you know, I, can't, I still can't believe he hasn't hasn't committed a foul so far this season. Um, I've talked on, on other shows about how him becoming vice-captain has really um, shown this sort of step up from Romero and that kind of focus that he's required and that responsibility um, but equally, he is always a, a daft lunge from, you know, be getting sent off or something. So, yeah, I think that is an area. But I agree with what you said. You know, Davis is another one that sometimes if Van der Ven got injured, Davis could play less centre-back. So there is a little bit of cover. Um, I think with the whole Dyer thing, I think he's just, particularly if he knew that Sanchez was moving on, he's just hoping that he will get his opportunity. You know, if if someone does get injured or there's a, a suspension, Dyer would be called upon. Um, it, it's, it, is, it is a strange one. He's He's... He's someone I can see moving on January or, um, but it may even just, you know, like I said, run his contract down. Um, I was pleased with Brennan Johnson. I watched the South Korea Wales game on Thursday. I think it was, I watched it on S4C up here in Welsh. And then, um, you know, he was playing in like the number nine position. Um, so yeah, it, 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 we've talked about Kulisewski. You know, Kulisewski can play in a slightly different position. If, you, if for Sweden, he's scored he's an assisted last night. And so there are, there are, we seem to be buying players that can be in flexible roles. Now, if we compare that to when Conte was here, when people had very rigid, um, static kind of roles, you know, even people like Perisic, you know, Perisic played, he's playing more kind of further up for Spurs and even when he's been coming on that position, he's playing. So yeah, I think we've got people that can slot into other positions. I remember... Porro's been interviewed a couple of times and says he uses phrases like, I'll play wherever I'm told to play. 
So they're in that kind of idea that they're buying into this sort of system and that if there there'd be more sort of flexibility within that. Um, but equally, we I think we talked then about the Fulham game is that we know our strongest 11 or our strongest maybe 13 players because the other team, you know, it, it went back very kind of defensive and it was very slow paced and, and we're just a few injuries or suspensions from that. Becky, let me come back to you on the Eric Dyer situation. So if we had an injury... Uh, or a suspension to either Mickey van der Ven or Romero, do you think Eric Dyer would be ahead of someone like Phillips, who signed from Blackburn? Because, of course, he is, he has been a part of some of the matchday squad so far in these five competitive games. Eric Dyer hasn't. Where would you stand on that? Of that? The logic of that would be that, that it would be Phillips and it wouldn't be Dyer because he hasn't been in the squad and he wasn't even, if I remember, in the, in the Fulham squad, was he? And I think, the, you know, that was... Uh, quite an eye-opener. But yeah, I think if, if that's what Ange wants to do and he wants to bring in new players and he thinks that they have the right um, mentality to kind of come straight into that position, then yeah. And I, I think um, Van der Ven was interviewed last week to say that we're told to try it and if it doesn't work, keep trying it again. And, you yeah. know, they're kind of intimating that, it you know, you're allowed to make those kind of mistakes. You know, we just said here about, you know, we will concede because we're playing so much higher up the pitch but they're being allowed to experiment with that sort of way. Um, Dyer doesn't sort of play in that sort of way. And I, and I, I think, yeah, I think it, there would be huge respect with the idea that, no, he's not part of the scene and this is what's going to happen. But then the fact that Dyer didn't move on made that seem odd because, you know, obviously we're still going to pay for his wages. You, know, you talk about Ndombele, Ndombele going, we've got the wages off. It, it's that It's that sort of thing that, it doesn't re- make sense. You know, Andrew's saying he's not going to be part of the squad, Dyer, but he's still here. And I think when he's still here, there's always a possibility if we get to a, the bare bones that we may need him. But I, I would like to see Ashley Phillips just because it's really, it's worked with Van der Ven. It's worked with other players. They have stepped up straight away. So mm. And I've got no reason to believe that wouldn't happen for Phillips. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said earlier, how every single player has just fitted in. Uh, so well so far. Johnny, let's come to you. Of course, we've spoken so often about um, the transfer window. Uh, so much has happened um, in the window. Um, what have you made of it? Are you happy? Do you think we've got enough enough depth uh, to go forward, uh, certainly until January? And uh, did we offload the players that you wanted uh, Spurs to, to let go? Uh, well, just following on from Dyer, we didn't offload him, unfortunately. And uh, I mean, I don't want to get into a thing where you're kind of bullying players either, you know, with the Sanchez thing and people booing him. But I just think with Dyer, he, he, he got slow and his timing in terms of tackles was very poor as well. At that level, you know, you need to be really 100%. And he was just not, he was, I mean, in the, in the six years ago or something, he was okay. You know, he's not bad, but he just slowed down in time and, and as you're saying, I think Phillips will be ahead of him. I think he'll be frozen out of the team now. I don't think he'll play for Spurs probably again, unless we're really stuck. I can't see him coming on, really. I don't think, as you said, Ange Postecoglou really fancies him as a as a central defender. But look, Langley out, Dan Juma. The Dan Juma one was a weird one. The Jed Spence one, they're all, they were all bought in. And, and then you have Troy Parrott. Uh, who, who we don't talk about very often, and he's gone out on loan somewhere else. <laughs> so he, mm. I don't think I don't think he's played for Spurs in a very long time, and uh, probably never will. Harry Winks uh, gone as well. But the, the the one player, you know, Harry Kane. We're playing better with Harry Kane gone. I never thought I'd say that. I always thought I'd love Harry playing with Ange Postecoglou, but I think 
in previous years with uh, Antonio Conte, Mourinho, Nuno Espirito Santo, they were playing Harry in a certain role where everyone had to provide Harry with the ball. That was probably the tactics and the strategy. And with Harry gone now, you can see that the players are a little bit more relaxed. It's not all, Harry's not just a centre of attention. So Harry being gone, it's a blow to Spurs because, you know, where are all the goals going to come from? But so far, so good. Everyone seems to be contributing to the goal tally. And if if that's the way it's going to be, that's fantastic. Um, In Dombele, it's been mentioned, I think very disappointing. Um, and uh, I, I just don't, I don't know. I remember during lockdown, Mourinho used to knock at his door <laughs> illegally when the lockdowns were on. And you can kind of see why now, why he was doing that, because he needed extra training, probably saw the potential, but just wasn't, he wasn't feeling it in Dombley, just wasn't willing to put the work in. Um, players in, Vicario, Madison, uh, Mickey van de Ven has been absolutely awesome. Solomon, Kulosevsky and Valise, all, all great signings and, um, and if, if that's the kind of player and calibre of player that Ange Postacoglu is going to hire and bring into the club, then this is going to be an exciting number of years with him as manager. Johnny, you mentioned there um, about Troy Parrott um, not being given a lot of game time. I think that is uh, that is a thing uh, as a whole, really, that, that not a number of youth players have been given the, the game time that they probably deserved in the last couple of years, certainly under um, Conte and Mourinho. How many players do you think will get a chance this season under Ange Postecoglou from the development side? And it's worth mentioning that the under-21 so far, um, they're sitting top of the league at the moment. They've won four out of four. Uh, they were actually re- they were ec- actually meant to be relegated last season, but they had a restructure of the league. Um, and they've come back fighting strong, won four out of four so far. Um, Alfie Devine, of course, trained with the England um, first-team squad last week. He has now gone on loan uh, to Stoke. Um, only yesterday, the England under-19s uh, beat uh, Switzerland 4-2. As you mentioned um, earlier, Becky, that Phillips scored uh, the fourth goal for England. Dorrington played 90 minutes. Donnelly and uh, Gunter were subs unused. But, um, Johnny, how many youth players, development players, do you think will get a chance this season under Ange? Because when Tottenham Hotspur and Daniel Levy appointed Ange Postacoglu, it was quite a big thing to say that we want someone to come in and, uh, you know, use the youth system. Exactly. And I'd say what Daniel Levy had said to Ange Postecoglou, and he, and he said to previous managers that that's what I want you to do. I want you to bring in player, younger players and introduce them into the squad. And I don't think Mourinho or Conte were really into that. You know, They're, they just want to have a big checkbook, go out and buy all the best players and, and hopefully win a trophy that way. Um, whereas I would say Pochettino was more like that kind of way inclined. He he would uh, you know encourage players from the youth academy. So, but the, but the thing about bringing in a coach when it's easier for a coach to coach younger players uh, than it is to coach players who are 25, 26, because at that stage the players already developed certain ways of playing. And the new coach comes in and says, I, I really want you to play in this type of role. Um, the previous role the previous manager asked you to do, that's not really what I want you to do. And so they'll work on the training pitch, that type of style. And sometimes the player will will get it and be able to implement it on the match day. And other times they won't. And Ange Postacoglu strikes me as the type of guy who's not going to really hang around. He's going to say what he wants from each player. And if they deliver, you're playing on, on Saturday. You don't deliver, you're on the subs bench or you're not going to be on the bench at all. Um, but I, I would say 
Levy told him, I want players coming in that are going to be introduced from the under 21s. So you will see that. You'll see you'll see a couple during the season. It won't be a major amount of players. He's not going to introduce loads, but I'd say a couple will be introduced with the under 21s. And uh, he'll take it from there. And if some of them shine, then you'll see they've been introduced into the into the first team. And uh, hopefully that's that's the way it goes. My bad, actually. Um, Alfred Devine's went on loan to Port Vale, not Stoke. I only said Stoke because I was on BBC Stoke the other day talking about it. So big apologies about that. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, Of course, it is international duty, but there is so much news. There are so many comments. There are so many things happening concerning Tottenham Hotspur players. I know a lot of people um, don't like us discussing Harry Kane now. He's left for Bayern Munich, but... Um, about Tottenham this week. Uh, we wanted to win at Spurs, but if you went a couple of games without winning, it wasn't a disaster. At Bayern Munich, you have to win every game. At Bayern Munich, there is a top mentality. What did you make of those comments when you when you saw what it said? Yeah, it didn't really need to bring Tottenham into it. I don't know why he even mentioned us, to be honest with you, because there was no need. It wasn't <clears throat> wasn't part of the question, from what from what I know. Um, I, I just. It was difficult to know whether it was a swipe at the board, at the players, at the managers. Uh, I, I don't know, actually. But it is funny how quickly I've changed my thoughts on Harry Kane. And I think it's a lot to do with the way we started the season. You, you quickly move on from these players. You know, I unfollowed him on on X and, and, and stuff like that, which I never thought I'd have to do. But I, do, I just didn't want to see a load of lederhosens and, and bratwurst and sausages and, you know, whatever. I can't be doing with it. it, it it's, it's just, you know, once a player leaves, I rarely still follow that player. Um, so I don't think we miss him as much as I thought we would. And having watched England the other night, as, as much as... England were boring as hell to watch and I don't think we're playing to our brilliant attackers that we've got at his disposal strength. Um, you could see what Harry Kane brings to the team, the, the, the great crossfield pass in, but he didn't really have a kick other than that. I don't remember him having a shot. So, um, look, we, there's no two ways about it. He would get a hat full of goals under Postacoglu. But would he really fit the system? Would we have to change the system to adapt to Harry Kane? Um, because he hasn't got the pace and it's not his game to run in behind. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be sitting, you know, three wins and a draw from our first four games if he was playing. But I think, to be honest, he would have been professional if he'd stayed. But, he, you know, ever since he stopped putting coys on the end of his tweets, even though he doesn't run his social media, we know that. Um, something changed with him after the City move fell through. So I, I wouldn't say that he'd completely checked out because somebody who scores 30 goals in a premiership season, that's not really checking out, but he, he, he wanted out, didn't he? Um, but going back to his comments, I don't think he needed to bring us into it. Um, but I don't really, th- that's the first time I've seen him. Uh, I don't watch German football. I'm not going to start just because Harry Kane's gone there. I've got no real interest in it. And the only time I'll be honest, I've got interest in Harry Kane is when he's playing for England now. So, um, but that's the same for me with most players that leave the club. So it's just, you've got to put it in the back of your mind now. He's gone and that's what I've done. And I've moved on from it very quickly. And it's amazing how quickly I think myself and a lot of supporters have moved on from that because um, he's not Tottenham Hotspur, Tottenham Hotspur, Tottenham Hotspur. And I just want us to do well.
Becky, you've probably seen the same. On social media, you've got some people who are really quite annoyed about Harry Kane's comments. But you've also got people coming out and saying, well, he's telling the truth. Where do you stand on it? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, so people who do follow me on, on Twitter, I tweeted, I didn't see the comments yesterday and then I read them. And I then said that I didn't think Sonny would ever say something like that. And then I, yeah. and it's, I think I've got something like 56,000 people have have commented or liked or some of had interaction on this tweet and it seems to be sort of 50 50 that say yeah it wasn't necessary like craig said it he didn't need to bring tottenham into it he doesn't need to mention us he's moved on um and then there's about 50 percent who were like yeah he's right he, if if we'd lost the first four games we'd be saying he's absolutely right there is no kind of um the mentality's wrong and a lot of people would agree with him. I just don't think it's it's I just don't think it's necessary. He didn't have to say it. Whether it's aimed at the board, like Mickey Hazard has come out to say it today and say, Oh, it's been misinterpreted, he didn't he didn't mean it. But why is Mickey Hazard saying that? Why isn't Kane then sort of saying it or someone on his social media or something? You know, it it's caused such a stir that they were even asking Ericsson a similar question yesterday at the end of his match. And it's just you know, Spurs are in such a positive place at the moment. We're playing so well. It's such a positive, and it's almost like we're not allowed things and something changes. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like that, oh, and something. And I think he said in his in his interview, in his video when he left, that he would now watch on as a fan. Well, if he's watching on as a fan, don't bring negativity on us, even if it is aimed at the board. Do that privately. Why, why do that? You know, I... I talk about people like Lamella a lot and like Jan Vertonghen. And I love it when they post a picture of themselves or watching Spurs and, you know, or something like that. And you're like, yes, they still watch and they'll they like us. And yeah, good for them. And there are ways to do things. And he, and Kane didn't have to say what he said publicly. He could have just said, I, I needed a new challenge. I wanted to play in the Champions League. I've gone to my Munich and I'm really enjoying the, the change in, in the challenge and, and what the expectation is. He didn't have to then kind of almost elaborate about the two matches thing. And I just think there are ways and means of doing things. And that's why I said that I just don't think Sonny would do that. And also in the week where Sonny was asked to get, because it just seems to be constantly mentioned. Like I said, I watched the Welsh South Korea game in Welsh and I heard them say Harry Kane in Welsh. So even they're mentioning it in a South Korea Wales game. So Sonny's asked about it after the game and he says he wishes Kane well. He wants him to do something like he says, my friend, I want him to go and win everything. Harry could have said that back. He could have just said, yeah, I'm, 
Bayern Munich. You know, we're not going to play him this season, are we? There's no worry that we're going to, you know, bang into yeah. him. He could have just said, I wish Spurs really well. I had a great time there. Even if it's things he's already said. I just I just think it, it, it's, I didn't want to see it as a pop at us. And every time I look at it, I think it just feels like he's having a pop at us. Like, I got out, I'm, I'm free and I've gone and yippee-doo. And we're still here. And I agree with all those people who say it's always about the badge and it's not about the players. But like we just talked at the top of the show, I've got Jack, I've got kids in my school who like football and they enjoy. And part of the joying of football at that age is the people and the characters and the players, you know, and it is a big thing for them. They they want to kind of buy into those players. And I just don't think it, it he didn't have to say it. He could have been more positive and and I don't want, I'm not turning on him. I don't hate him. You know, I've got cane tops. I don't want to look at him, but it's interesting. I sort of, I didn't watch the England game and I normally watch all the England games. And I just thought, I don't want to watch it. I just, I just don't. And it's a shame and I'll probably get past that eventually. But at the moment, I just, it's about Tottenham. And and I, I like England and I support England and I, but I was a bit like, mm. I just didn't want to. I just think if it's the media and it's all of that as well, I think, you know, it, it's, it's them trying to kind of put on it and they've twisted it. But you can only twist what he said. If he didn't say it, there's nothing to twist, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree, Becky, actually, to be honest, because uh, when I watched England now, when I saw him walking out the tunnel, whereas obviously you used to seeing him walk out and he's a Spurs player, he's just another person to me now. It seems really strange. Whereas Madison, obviously, you think, ah, oh, he's one of, one of us. And, mm. and it's very strange that it flips just like that. But I, mm. I agree with what you said. Personally, I think if I, I didn't actually see the interview or anything, uh, but I think it wouldn't have hurt if Harry Kane turned around and said, look, I wish Tottenham all the best. They're my team. They always build, be my team. But now I'm a Bayern Munich player but I will always look out for Tottenham's result and good luck to him. And that's that's not being disrespectful for Bayern. Yeah. He, could, he could have turned around and said that. And like you say, with the kids watching, um, mm. and, and for me, that's that's what I'd like to have seen him say, because he's not saying, oh, I've got it, I left Tottenham. He's respecting Tottenham and what we've done for him, saying that he's his club, if we believe that he's his club that he supports, but he's playing for Bayern now. Yeah, it wasn't part of the press conference, Craig. It was actually an interview with uh, the Evening Standard. Um, Becky, I just just wanted to ask you um, uh, just about the Harry Kane mural, because, of course, you, like me, go to every single Spurs home game. Um, How are you going to feel when you keep walking past that Harry Kane mural? Do you think Spurs will actually replace it with Ange Postacoglu or Hunmin Son or someone else? No, and I think it, I think it should stay there. He is our record goal scorer, and he's England's record goal scorer. And all those things are still are still what he has achieved while he's with us. Whether we go into conversations about whether he wasn't, he, he didn't, you know, perform in semi-finals and finals and all this sort of thing, he has, still is that person. And that's why I, I I don't want to not hate on him. That's the right word. But I don't I don't want to kind of walk past it and be like, mm. it, he's he's not. He's not done anything bad, you know, if we compare him to people like Campbell. He's not done something that we, has really irked with us. Most sensible Spurs fans can see why he wanted to go. And although I've said on the shows, you know, Jack was bereft when he did go. And luckily they announced Sonny as captain like the day after. And, he, you know, I we would I wanted him to stay. I, I was always hopeful that he would stay and he would sign a new contract. And like you just said before, I could see him getting just as many goals of Ange Postacoglu and, and you wanted that to happen. It didn't and he moved on and that's fine. And we were kind of making our kind of 
we were moving on and we'd had a great season and then it's like again and it's like so I won't you know the the, mur- the mural is there because it's it's stunning and he, you know he visited it and he's put his kids handprints on it so at the time it meant something to him as well so I don't think it should be replaced I didn't like the fact that the Sony one you know behind this at the Beehive pub that went that was a great one I loved that one you know so I think murals are there they they have a, a meaning and they they should remain um I, I will get past this sort of disappointment in Kane, but I just think it was just whole, he, I was, I think I said this on Twitter, I defended him without question every single time I saw someone being horrible about Harry Kane. And as we know, there is a lot out there about him. And I was like, like Craig just said, there's this sort of pride that he's our player and we will defend him. And, you know, we could maybe talk about with Charleston a little bit later in the show. And we will say he's doing this and, and this is, he's our player and, you, you know, but now he's not, we just move on. But I don't want to be negative of it, but equally he could have just, like you just said, he's gone for Champions League. He, that's a fact. We aren't in the Champions League, so that's fine. Whether he's going there to win more trophies, and that's all, you, you don't know. But I just think the way he kind of elaborated on points he didn't need to elaborate on, like you just said, he could have just said, yeah, fine. So in terms of you, going back to your question, the mural is there. It's, it's a great thing. It, it means something. He, he is our record goal scorer, and that will that will you would think never be beaten. So it, I think it should remain. Johnny, um, let's come to you. Before we talk about Richarlison, just want to take this comment here from Joe. Um, sadly, the truth hurts. I'm sh- I'm sure Joe's talking about the Harry Kane comments. Um, no ambition at Spurs. Do you think that um, things have changed under Postecoglou now? Do you think there is real ambition to to move this club forward? Well, it was very ambitious of Daniel Levy to hire Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte. I mean, they're two of the biggest uh, calibre managers in the world. I mean, I mean, OK, they probably weren't supported with the right players to bring in. I mean, they, as you said, record signing in Dombele, a complete disaster. Um, but, you know, I I think that um, the, those managers were, well, that was a big move for Spurs to do. And I think the mentality is changing around Spurs at the moment. Harry Kane's excited. You know, I remember him in the red Audi car at the airport, uh, getting onto a private jet to fly over to Bayern Munich. He was excited. It's, it's like going to a new, and it's a winning club. They've won lots of things in the past. So when he comes in, he meets Thomas Tuchel. It's a big moment for him, you know, and he's been in a club probably that didn't achieve what he wanted to achieve. And so I suppose he's saying, I wouldn't pay too much attention to those comments and, uh, just all we need to do is focus on Spurs and focus on the team and what they can achieve this season. But it's the mentality. I mean, you got to remember German German people in general and, and particularly uh, elite athletes from Germany, whether it be Timo Ball in table tennis or whether it's uh, the Bayern Munich football team, they want to win. And when you're in their team, it's all about winning and intensity and training 100% every training session. So maybe that's what Harry has noticed at, at, at the training ground. Maybe he's noticed that type of feeling there. Um, and and he, didn't ex- he didn't experience that at White Hart Lane or at the new stadium. So maybe that's what he's saying. But probably he should keep those comments to himself because he's just going to annoy 50% of the fan base. But in terms of the mural, I, I don't see any problem with it. I think, he, yes, Becky said he's t- leading goal scorer. And if he had a state, probably would have beaten Alan Shearer's record. But it's all about the mentality, the mentality at the moment. And I have to say, congratulations, Stan Postagogu. We haven't won anything yet, but 
um, it's definitely changing. And I, I'd love him there for 10 years or more if that's the type of football we're going to play and that's the type of mentality that the players are expected to uh, follow through with. Um, but so far, it's very, very exciting and I'm looking forward to this season. Johnny, let's come on to talk about Richarlison. Um, the other night, he came off um, the Brazil game against Bolivia in the 71st minute in tears, um, sat on the sub-bench um, in tears. Um, the Brazil interim boss said, I liked his performance. I believe in him a lot. Today, the ball didn't go in for him. He didn't play badly. Um, and Postacoglu has said similar things. He's had a lot of criticism from a lot of Spurs fans so far this season. Of course, you know, replacing Harry Kane um, is going to be you know, impossible. It's an impossible job to replace someone like Harry Kane. What have you made of Richarlison so far this season? Is he the right man to take us forward because and score goals and create goals? Because is it all about goals? Is it all about goal scoring? Or is it about, you know, putting in that little bit more uh, into his all-round game? Um, and, and you know, also take into account that Hunmin Son played that central role against Burnley, scoring a hat-trick. Yeah, so from a coaching point of view, you know, when when Milan Postecoglou will be on the training ground with Richarlison, but it's the coaches around him, he will give a direction to them of what he expects Richarlison to learn in the sessions and what he wants for him to implement in the in the match day. Okay, so uh, you, you can keep you can keep saying it to the player, and if he doesn't do it, you know, it gets to a point where he's not taking direction. He's, he just doesn't get this. And so I don't think he, it, it's, it's, it's his issue. It's, it's Richardson's issue. It's not anyone else's. Robbie Keane was able to do it. You know, uh, he was prolific uh, to a point where he was able to score goals. Pe- certain, certain strikers can, can take it upon themselves to adapt to the style of a manager. Now, Robbie, you know, wasn't able to do it when he went to Anfield when, when Benitez bought him, but I don't think he was suited to the style of Benitez to Liverpool. But Richarlison, I don't think, suited to the style of football that Ange Postecoglou. You, you would think he would be, because he's a Brazilian judge. When he was playing in the World Cup, he was doing overhead kicks, scoring goals for fun. But seems to have a problem up here with the, with the mentality. And we were just talking about mentality. I think his mentality isn't good. I think he's very rushed in what he does. He's over. He's he's overdoing everything. He's going in for tackles when when he just needs to relax. You know, he needs to relax. He needs to play like it means nothing when it means everything. And that's that's the, that's a phrase from six times world snooker champion Steve Davis when he wrote his book. He need he 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 went in onto the table. He played like it meant nothing when it meant everything. And that means to play like you do in practice when you've no pressure, no cameras on you, and then to be able to implement that in a match day. And Richarlison, I think, is struggling to do that at the moment. He isn't able to do that. And, you know, how long do you give somebody like that? Give him another month, give him another three months, another six months, and still he's only scoring one or two goals in the in the FA Cup or whatever it is. And you kind of say, I would give him another bit of chance. Yeah. To a point, you have to get to a point where maybe it is time to bring in Brandon Johnson and let him play, you know, because um, what have you got to lose? Team are playing well. James Madison there spraying the ball left and right up to the striker. Richardson should be doing a lot better. But he's obviously struggling with confidence. He was crying after the Brazil game. And I think they won 5-1 or whatever, and he didn't score. So strikers like to score. It gives them confidence. And if you're not, you get down, you get down. But coach can only bring you up so much. You have to take it upon yourself to, to actually make it happen. So is Richardson going to make it happen? My good feeling is, I want him to. My good feeling is, I don't think he will. 
and and I know I know these players. They they look at social media, Chris. They look at social media all the time. Some of them yeah. are on there all the time. We're all on our phones and our on our tablets, and you know we're looking at things. And and I remember three years ago, I commented on the Facebook, uh, the Spurs Facebook page. You know, after the after we won, and I can't remember who we beat, but Ericsson played so well in that game, and so I made a comment on it. I said. Ericsson played out of his skin. He was playing so well. Loved it. He commented on it. He put a little blue heart on my comments and it got like a thousand likes. So they watch it. They do look at it. And so I had no idea he was going to do that. And so I was like, well, I didn't think he would need to look at it. But they do watch it. And so Richardson's probably watching a lot of the negative stuff that people are saying. So he might be watching this, Chris, but I hope he listens to what I'm saying because I'm trying to help him. You know, and I'm sure the coaches there only want him to succeed. So he has to take direction. He has to implement what the coach is teaching him on the training pitch and bring it into the match day. And he has to play in a relaxed attitude, but aggressively. So if he can do that, he will score. If he doesn't do that, I'm afraid Brennan Johnson's in. And you'll see Brennan Johnson playing now. Richardson will be on the bench. Ange Postacoglu doesn't have patience for that type of thing. Craig, do you think Richardson is trying too hard? Because I don't know whether you saw that chance that he had. He'd done all of the hard work and then blasted the ball over the bar in that Brazil game. Uh, also, in that Bournemouth away game, did all the hard work and missed the chance. Is he trying too hard? Do you think, do you think he's going to end up scoring a bag full of goals for Spurs this season? Are you confident? I'm not confident, if I'm honest, because he, he's, he's maximum tally, I believe, in the Premier League's 13 goals. So, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I've always been a bit Look, I used to play as a striker myself, obviously at a much, much, much lower level. But when when you don't when you go two or three games without scoring, no matter what level of football you're at, your confidence does go. And as soon as you do get one, they tend to flow afterwards. I don't care who you are, don't know what team don't care what team you play for. But he does seem to be trying a bit hard and he, he obviously cares. He cares probably too much because he's such an emotional guy. Um it's obviously affected him. He he's desperate, desperate to score. Um but and they'll, I hope they do support him and I hope they give him the back in as much as they possibly can. But he's, like Johnny said, it's going to come a time when Postacoglu is just going to think, you know, I can't afford to keep playing this guy if, if he's not scoring the goals. So, and, and Ashley Phillips will come in. I just hope that, obviously for us, I hope he does. I hope he does get a couple of goals in the next month to get it to kickstart him on. And it's a shame he hasn't scored. I don't know if Brazil have got another friendly or, or qualifier or whatever before he comes home. But um, it'd be good to see him bag one and get that confidence level up because that's that's what he's missing. But he's never been prolific, so you're never going to he's never going to be a thirty goal a year striker. Never going to be that. Uh, but then again, Postecoglou said he didn't want that. He wanted the interchangeable players, and you know I think if you get four people that can play across that front three which we seem to have now, um, it, it's quite good in many ways that you haven't got that number nine as much as I still like to see a proper number nine up there. It's, it's obviously not what Postacoglu sees. So um, perhaps stick Richarlison out on the wing and put Sonny through the middle to take the pressure off and hope he either gets an assist or, or just, just one goes in off his bum or something like that, you know. But he, it's all about confidence. He's a confidence player with uh, Richarlison and uh, he just needs a bit of luck, I think. 
The thing that Frankie for me Lester. is different is last year he's, he was playing, he was storing from Brazil, wasn't he? So when he wasn't necessarily having great form for us, I know we had the Marseille game where he scored yeah. those two goals, but when it was a bit patchy for Spurs, he would go off to Brazil and score loads of goals. I think maybe why he got so upset this weekend is because the goals have dried up for Brazil as well and he's probably worried about his place. Becky, let's stay with you. Um, it's been a really good international break so far. I know we're halfway in, but it's been a great international break for a number of Spurs players so far. Hoybier on the team sheet for Denmark the other night, um, again this evening. Um, on Thursday, as you mentioned, Wales nil, South Korea nil. Um, Hunmin Son met Brennan Johnson. Of course, Davis and Rodan played in that game as well. Perisic with a couple of assists for Croatia in their 5 0 win against Latvia. Um, a goal yesterday for Kulisewski, also an assist. Uh, Basuma uh, came on in the last 28 minutes for Mali as they beat South Sudan 4-0. What an assist from him. I tell you what, uh, on social media again, a number of people stating how on earth did Antonio Conte not fancy Basuma when he is in this type of form? And Basuma, for me, it's like we have now got that player that he was playing for Brighton because we didn't have that last year, did we? No, and if we, you know, we use sort of... Paratici and the people that kind of brought him in, you know, really did see something in him. Unfortunately, he brought him in at a time where the system didn't suit him, did he? And, and it, that wasn't going to be the system. But now we've got a system that does suit him. Um, the kind of interconnection between him and Madison just worked really, really well. And, you know, after the Burnley game, when he was wearing the Burnley top, wasn't he? And he was joining in with the singing from the crowd. That was really, really yeah. lovely. But yeah, that assist where he runs like all the way to the byline, doesn't he? And then kind of the goalies, I described him as a spider with his arms and legs everywhere. And he just managed to kind of feed the ball through. But weirdly about all those players that you mentioned, the only person who played out of position was Madison. Everybody else played in the position that they're currently playing in for Tottenham. Um, Except Madison, which it, it just seems odd, doesn't it? So I'm with Craig. I'd like Madison not to play against Scotland because I could imagine Scotland be kicking, you know, and it might there might be knocks and things at Madison. Because I said this to my Jack, Madison and Basuma are are players that are always being fouled, and that's a good sign. You know, players can't keep up with the speed of the movement of the ball, or you know, they're just so involved in games that they're being like hacked. Um, yeah, and the Scotland game would be quite tasty. I would prefer if Madison didn't play. Becky, let's stay with you. Let's talk a little bit about James Madison because he said uh, in an interview the other day, uh, the way that Postacoglu wants me to play suits me perfectly because it's how I see football. Uh, that's how I would want to play the game if I was manager. Uh, talking about Spurs, he said, it's a brilliant club and the supporters have made me feel so welcome. It's exciting uh, times ahead for us. Now, with James Madison, um, like you said earlier, he's fitted in so well. When was the last signing that fitted in this well, uh, got the connection with the fans so quickly? Um, he's going to be an incredible player for us if, if he stays injury-free, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I in, in kind of recent history for me at Bikulisevsky, I thought, and Bentoncourt really, they both have kind of, and then injuries and, and things have kind of kind of tapered that a little bit. But certainly Madison, um, it's just the kind of, it, we go back to what Kane said, you know, the things that, Kane, that Madison's saying, whether he runs his own social media or not, he is saying the right things to the right people. And, you know, obviously yeah. he's being asked, you know, you said something along the lines of, I'm not naive enough to think that I would come and Kane wouldn't be here. And, you know, I obviously would love to play with him, but it, I'm not doing, and this is what we're going to do about it. And, you know, like going back to what you said about Richarlison, I think the thing that's just a shame for Richarlison is Sonny took his chance, you know, and, and he played against Burnley, scores a hat-trick. And 
Richarlison, it's a bit like when Moore used to come on games last season, I remember, you know, they've got to take, if they only get snippets of time, they've got to take those chances and and Sonny came in. So, you know, looking to head to Sheffield United, is it going to be Son back on the left? Is he going to put Johnson up front? Is he going to use Richarlison? You know, it is how's, how are things going to kind of play out? But yeah, but going back to Madison, you know, he's been nominated for player of the month. Um, you know, we've got nominated like save of the month and we've got nominated manager of the month. We do, it has, you talked about it earlier, there has been months in August where we have started well. Um, yeah. I remember Nuno got manager of the month, didn't he? Or he was nominated for it. So it, it's, yeah, and Madison is just, he's, he's, he's saying the right things, but he's also doing it on the pitch. You know, I like Richarlison and Richarlison, he does a lot of charity work and he interacts with fans and everything, but sometimes it, it's, that's great, but it's got to perform on the pitch. Um, Madison is doing both and, um, yeah, he's just, you know, my Jack has taken to him immediately. he got Madison on his away top. Um, he's just, he, he, he brings a kind of, the way he, like he said, the way he plays. And he talked about how his dad used to show him videos of Gaza. So again, yeah. it's, it, whether it's a PR exercise, it's the right things to say the right things. And that's why people are taking to him so, so quickly, I think. Johnny, when you saw Hunmin Son score a hat-trick playing that central role against Burnley, uh, of course, Richarlison was on the bench. What would you do if you were Postacoglu going forward? Would you would you be playing Richarlison uh, in that central role and uh, and putting Son to his original position, or would you use Richarlison from the bench? How would you play it? Probably use him from the bench. I mean, Tong Ming Son, he should be just playing as our striker now because look what he look what he's able to do. He's able to score for foot. And, and this happened before when Harry Kane injured his metatarsal or his ankle or whatever those few years ago, you know, he was out for a long time and, and Son had to go in and play and Son played out of his skin, you know, and, and, and so Son is able to relax now and play because he's he, he's now, Kane is no longer the centre of attention. Everything was being given to Kane. Kane's gone. Spurs are a different animal now. And although we, we will miss all those goals, but I would have Son playing and, and Richardson come off the bench, yeah. I mean, look, what, why, why would you put, you can't keep putting Richardson in when it's just not happening. Um, if he if he was if Richarlison was able to play in the in the up, up, up front for Spurs in that kind of Harry Kane role or whatever, um, well then great. But he's not able to do that. Clearly, he's struggling uh, to take direction. But I just have Son on at the moment now, and and, and fingers crossed that Son doesn't get injured. We don't we don't want to have that that to happen, um, because he's playing so well to get the hat trick. So whatever opposition we play going forward, I think Sheffield. United is the next one. Is that is that the, is that the next game? I'm trying to remember who the next uh, team we're playing, but um, no, probably Bournemouth. What's the next uh, Premier League? Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Yeah. So um, Son has to play that, and uh, he could get another hat trick. I mean, that's the that's the type of match that he could be. So I'd have him start, and probably Richardson come off the bench. Craig, let's come to you. Let's talk a little bit about our captain, Hunmin Son. He's come out and said, I'm so grateful that I'm working with Ange Postacoglu. I've learned so many things um, as a player and as a human being. We're very, very happy working with him. I think the players should take more responsibility now to make him happy and move this club forward. And uh, Postacoglu on leaders, talking about Hunmin Son, Madison and Romero, of course, his captains, he's come out and said uh, they have been outstanding, not just um, on game day, but every day with their actions and words really inspiring uh, the, the rest of the guys and driving them forward. They're outstanding players, but more importantly, they have become leaders for us and we are going to need it. Um, with Son, what difference have you have you seen in Son since being given the captain's armband? Because I always thought that you couldn't get any more out of Hunmin Son, but 
there just seems to be that little bit more that Postacoglu's got out of him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd just like to say I'm not in a Phil Collins video or Bohemian Rhapsody tribute at the moment. I am getting bitten to shit in my garden doing this. So um, <laughs> I know somebody's going to look like, is it Holly out of Red Dwarf as well? Craig <laughs> in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got the hair for it. Anyway. Um, no, I just think, look, Sonny's my favourite Spurs player he has been for a number of years. He's, he's just phenomenal. I just think he carries himself the way a captain should should carry themselves and he did that long before he was captain. Um, he's just brilliant. I just love Sonny. I just want to see see the rest of his career at Spurs. I just think he's a good role model for the younger fans. I just think he, he's he's everything you want in a player and Postacoglu has got more out of him last season wasn't, wasn't his best and Obviously, with that hat trick, he just seemed to be back for me to to his best playing through the middle, which is shown he can play through the middle for people that said he's not at his best through the middle. I think he can. I think he can do a job up there. I think he could even get get into the 20s again for goals in the Premier League this season. Um, I, I just think he's a great person apart from anything else. Um, he's perfect choice for captain. He would have been my choice for captain. And it's not all about shouting and screaming like you see, used to see your Terry Butchers and your Tony Adams and yelling and screaming at players. He leads by example, apart from anything else. And I think Postacoglu got that right. I think he got the, the the leadership group spot on as well with Madison and Romero. And you could see the change in Romero, not even picking up a foul, let alone a yellow card so far. Madison's a natural leader on the pitch as well. So he's just got everything right. He gets it, Pastor Cogler and Son gets it. He gets the relationship with the fans. He gets Tottenham. Um, so so everything everyone's doing at the moment just seems to be perfect. And Son is at the head of that, isn't he? He's, he's just... Um, he's just fantastic. Becky, it seems to be an extremely clever move from Postacoglu to include Romero, Madison and Son uh, as part of the, the captain's team. Um, were you surprised when, when that happened and uh, what, what difference do you think is made on this Tottenham Hotspur dressing room? Uh, well, I, I'd said before then, when, when Kane left, you know, everybody, we'd spent the whole summer sort of batting away this, he won't leave, he won't leave, he's not going to leave, he wouldn't leave it this late. If he turns up at Brentford, he'll stay. And then obviously he left. And then the day after Son, uh, Son was announced. Um, I must admit, I expected it to be Son, Madison and Bissouma. Um, and when it was Romero was vice-captain, I've said a few times, you know, it, you know when they go over to the ref and they're asked to calm the players down and Romero is the one. I think someone tweeted the other day, you know, after he scored against Burnley, his celebration was like almost like a scissor kick and someone put at the bottom, this could be him scoring or this could be he, him taking somebody out. You can't tell from the actual yeah, freeze yeah. frame. And that is that is true. But as you said, he isn't making fouls. Um watching, you know, the snippets of the match in the week and Messi coming out and saying he's the best centre-back in the world and all this sort of thing. I yeah. just think it's really given him um, a position of responsibility. If we're to believe the rumours that a Saudi, somebody else came in or whatever it was and money and he said, no, I want to stay. This is why at the time I remember thinking, well, Kane leaving seems odd because there are players who are buying into this new way and this new philosophy Kane had, had, you know, had decided that that wasn't for him. So you talked earlier about Son and the younger players, you know, Saar, he talks about Saar a lot and there's a really kind of good bond with him and how he's sort of bringing those younger players on. And I think 
you know, Romero's game has improved because of the way we play. And he's always been that player who wants to kind of drop a shoulder and take uh, a few steps forward. And now that he, it, that he's got Van de Ven, who's very quick, it's, it's kind of changed Romero's game a little bit more. Um, so he's fully embracing that. Like I said, Madison is a natural leader. I still, I did watch the penalties, the Fulham ones. And when he scored and he went over, he celebrated and then he went over to Forster and he kind of said, right, Conor Forster, you know, hope you do well. And he's just got that kind of natural ability within him. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, like I said, Sonny's captain for South Korea, but, you know, he gets what it means. I completely agree with Craig. It, he gets what it's like to be Tottenham and what he wants us to do and how we want to play and how he wants to interact with the supporters. And I just think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And then when we heard that he may be extending his contract, there's been informal talks about him extending his contract. And it's like, that's brilliant. You know, he had a bit a blip last year. You know, you could argue many of the players had a blip last year. You know, Kulisevsky's come out again this week in the Swedish press conference and said that, he, he just, in to all intents and purposes, did not enjoy last season. And he liked, I think he used the phrase playing forward. And Son's used that phrase, I like to be able to play forward. And that third goal for me against Burnley, when Porro hit it over the top, it was almost like a cane pass over the top. And Sonny was in. I was travelling back from Holland in the car. And when I watched it back, I was like, that's the Sonny goal of old. Those ones where it came over and there he is, boom, and he's hit it before you've even realised it. And that's, He's happy playing that way. And, you know, if he stays injury free and I just think it, it's just it, like we said at the top of the show that we are going to concede goals. There's going to be games where, you know, I, I completely agree what you said about United. They had some early chances. Um, you could even argue the the save that Vicario made at Burnley where it kind of came off from there and looped over. All those things are kind of sliding doors moments within games and we are going to have some that go against us. Fulham was almost kind of a bit of a sort of introduction to that to just to remind and level us a little bit that we are going to have games where it's not working, but it, it it's more positive. There's more positive elements around the club. And I, that's why I just said before, I just think the Kane thing, whether it was taken out of context and it's not what he meant or, you know, it, it, there are things that can be twisted from what he said. Don't say it. We're in a really positive place let's keep that positivity and I, I think going back to your question I think the choice of the captain the vice captain was just a master stroke from Ange um it's really 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 good idea Johnny before we talk about the Sheffield United game uh, which will be the last uh, question that we cover um as Becky mentioned there um Lionel Messi come out and said for me Christian Romero is the best defender in the world right now an amazing performance and man of the match talking about his performance the other night um what have you made of Romero this season? Will, will we see a different Romero, a lot calmer Romero, because he's been given the vice-captain's armband? I think so. And, uh, you know, you never know what happens in a season uh, if Son was to lose the captaincy for whatever reason. Then things can happen. People get injured or whatever. Um, but he'd be a great uh, captain, Romero, even if, if, if Son eventually moves on in the future. Romero, I think, is the future of Spurs. And... Uh, I, I, I think he's going... I'm really looking forward to playing Arsenal this season. I mean, I have to last, the last two seasons, I didn't look forward to it. But Romero there and the rest of the squad, the way they are, I think we're going to give them a much better game than we have done the last two seasons. So Romero's going to be a great addition to the squad. And I think he's got... And, and when Messi, when one of the best players or the best player in the world ever comes out and makes a statement like that, you have to take it yeah. at face value. You have to say, well, he must mean it. He's not... 
he's not inclined to make those type of statements, you know, willy nilly. You know, so he he must mean it. And um, I mean, I know they have uh, history, obviously playing together, but the the reality is that um, it's not just Romero, Chris. We we it's it's all the other players that are in there: Kulusevski, Van de Ven. The whole the whole squad is improving, and with players like that, we can go and win things. We really can, and I think. I, I'm really uh, excited at what's going to the prospect of 2023 and 2024 season. And you mentioned earlier about Liverpool and Arsenal being the games that are, or maybe Becky mentioned about them coming up. Um, I'm, I'm quietly confident about those games. You know, if they're particularly at home, you know, Liverpool's always a tough one. Um, but uh, with Romero there, you have to say we have a much better chance if he wasn't there. Craig, let's come to you. Um, the last question or the last thing that we will cover, of course, Spurs play Sheffield United next in the Premier League at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next Saturday. Um, Sheffield United at the moment are just um, above the relegation zone. They're in 17th spot. Uh, they've played four. They've drawn one. They've lost three. Uh, they've only got one point, obviously. Um, their first game, a 1-0 uh, home defeat against Crystal Palace. Their second game, they lost 2-1 away at Nottingham Forest. Their third game, they lost 2-1 at home against Man City. They then got knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Lincoln City. Um, they lost 3-2 on penalties. And their last Premier League game, uh, where they picked up their only point of the season so far, um, at home to Everton, 2-2. Um, my thinking is... That this game, I think the Spurs will win. And I'm going to say that now. I'm very confident of a Tottenham win. Arsenal play away at Everton. I think that Spurs and, Ever Spurs and Arsenal will then go head-to-head -head in the North London derby at the Emirates the following week. Both clubs unbeaten. And what a game that is going to be. I know a couple of you have mentioned that already. I think that that, that Arsenal game away is going to be absolutely huge. Craig, what are you expecting for this Sheffield United game uh, coming up next Saturday. Do you think Ange Postacoglu will make any changes? Um, I know, obviously, the, the players are still on international duty, but um, if there are no injury problems, do you think he'll go with the same setup? And uh, do you think the Spurs will pick up the three points? Yeah, injuries aside, I, th I think he will go with the same setup he did for the last game. Um, can't see any reason to change that. I, I, like you, I expect us to beat Sheffield United um, quite comfortably, actually, and I wouldn't wouldn't have seen myself saying that last season, to be honest. Um, I, d I just think you're going to see more of the same. I just think we'll have too much for them. I think um, I think we'll probably get get a couple, a couple of goals up in the first half, and um, and then see the game out. I, I, I just can't see any other result. I think if we want to finish in the as high up the table, I'm not going to say top four because I think it's too early to say that, but. If we want to finish as high up the table as, as we all want to, then we've just got to continue doing what we've been doing. Um, I think this new style of football we're playing is surprising teams. I think there's going to be teams that will be able to give us a decent game, like your Arsenal's and your Man City's now. Uh, I can't see us sitting back against like some Man City, and I agree with what Johnny said. I, I think you can see them probably scoring their first goal at the new stadium, um, or not so new stadium as it is now. But I, I think you're right. I think we'll beat Sheffield United and then going into that North London derby, that's going to be a cracking game. Um, oh, it'd just be poetry if we could get a result at the Emirates, wouldn't it, as well? That would just be phenomenal. I think you could definitely turn around there and I think they should give Ange a statue if they do that already. Um, but let's not get carried away. But yeah, I think we'll have too much for Sheffield. Uh, I'll probably go for a 3-0 win. 
I agree with you, Craig. I'm going to go 3-0 as well. Um, I just wanted to ask you about the Arsenal game because, of course, we've only won once at the Emirates in Premier League history. Of course, we won in the League Cup there some years ago. Uh, Deli Alley uh, scored. Um, but do what do you think will be different, that approach going into that Arsenal game at the, uh, the Emirates Stadium? Because it will be nice as a fan, as a Spurs fan, to see Spurs really going for it and playing this Ange ball, as everyone likes to call it. I just think it'll be a cracking game. Um, I, I think you'll, you're going to be watching two attacking teams. I don't think either are going to back down, especially because it's a North London derby as well. I just think it's going to be... A, I don't think it's going to be one of those board draws. I just think it's going to be end-to-end stuff. Um, and I, at the moment, perhaps I'm getting a bit carried away. I could see us winning it 2-1. Um, I don't think... I, I'd love to say 5-0, but... Um, look, I'd take a draw at the Emirates, to be honest. I'd love to see us get a first win, but I would take a draw at the Emirates. I, I don't think that's the worst result in the world, but I just, I'm just i just really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a cracking, cracking game. And look, you might change it up, depending on uh, on Saturday, sorry, against uh, Sheffield, because you don't know what sort of state the players are going to be in coming back that have been on international duty. But if everyone's all right, I expect him to go with the same team, like I say and to get the game won early and then perhaps make changes. We've got another worrying few days, Becky, haven't we, of, uh, of players coming back injury-free ahead of this Sheffield United game. Um, are you looking forward to it? Are you going? And uh, what do you expect? Yeah, I think, like, um, if Van der Ven didn't play, then hopefully, because he didn't play the last time, hopefully he comes back OK. Romero, we, you know, we, we, he's apparently not injured, so he may play the next game, we will see. Um so yeah, provided they all come back fit, um, I can see them playing a similar, you know, way to the Burnley game. The atmosphere will be great. We've got the drum again. We've got the trumpet again. The atmosphere is going to be rocking. I think I, I'm going to go four-one. Um, and then Arsenal then play in the Champions League in the meantime, and then we play them. So they have then got an extra game, which is why it's such a disappointment to go out of the Carabao Cup because they're the sort of games that we could have rotated players. You know, the younger players, Johnson could have played, Richarlison, you know, the, and we haven't got that now. But we've got less yeah. matches to play. So Arsenal will have that match first. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with Craig. It's going to be a really open game. I think it's going to be end-to-end. You know, the media are going to really hype it up, aren't they, leading up to that game. Um, and it, it comes down to that kind of, I hate that word, but bottle. It's, it's who is going to hold their nerve, you know, bless him, Van der Ven. He, he's kind of, he, he goes in for the tackles, but sometimes he, he's getting like the last touches and he's had the own goals and then even the one at Burnley kind of. So I'm just hoping it, it's, a, it's a match that either team has deserved for the right reasons. You know, if we go back to last year at the Emirates when Royal got sent off for that sort of, you know, kind of tackle that, you know, didn't, it sort of changed the game once he got sent off. So I would like it to be a game that's got, you know, the right things. There isn't a VAR or there isn't some contentious thing that, it, you know, if, the, if we get beat, we get beat because this, that and the other. Um, I, th- I can agree with Craig, you know, a, a draw would be great this early in the season, but equally, I do think we have it in us to go on and win. What's really lovely at the moment is we make changes. We, we've, I think we've used all five subs every match is that we're using it to kind of see the games out and yeah. um, not be hanging on or to kind of change it to kind of find a goal. And and that's really refreshing as well. So I think that can, and, and we went behind at Burnley and then we kicked on. So it's, this, you know, last year we go behind, heads drop. So there's a whole kind of change in philosophy. So if we do go behind at the Emirates, I would imagine this young group of players will have that sort of already that mentality to say, right, we keep going, 
you know, you've got Madison and the people going around, they'll be high-fiving each other and, you know, like, come on, we go again. This is what we've got to do. And that kind of team sort of element of it. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, I'm looking, I look forward to watching Spurs now and, and uh, yeah, I don't tend to look forward to the Arsenal games, but I am quite excited about this one. Johnny, how are you feeling ahead of this Sheffield United game and, of course, Arsenal the following week? Well, a team similar in standard. Burnley, you know, scored first against us last week. Um, they got that one. I think it was Forster who scored for Burnley. And they went one nil up. And we were going to go, oh, no. You know, here we go. So let's not take it too lightly. Although I, Becky has said 4-1. Craig said 3-0. I'll go with 5-1. <laughs> if we, if we uh, get on a roll where San is like scoring, you know, and, and Kulisevsky and Madison and Sheffield, they're there for the taking. And and we could really and we'll and it's at home. So I mean we should really in front of the fan base score a lot of goals. So four one, five one, I think, yeah, three nil, very possibly. Write those scores down, Chris. Let's see who gets closer. <laughs> well, but, three uh, points is three points. I don't care what the score is, as long as we yeah. win, keep climbing yeah. up that Premier League table. In relation to the Arsenal game, and I did uh, speak about it earlier, um with the Arsenal players, they're more comfortable playing a very attacking style of football at the moment. They've been playing like that with Mikel Arteta for a long time now. We're only beginning to learn this new Ange ball, this new style of play that we're doing. And we're not quite 100% at it at the moment, even though we're winning and drawing and, and not you know, conceding a lot of goals. Uh, Arsenal are a bit more comfortable. I'm not getting the arrogance from the Arsenal players that I have got in the past. I get that arrogance from Mikel Arteta. So if if I was a player going into that game for Spurs, it would be more to try and beat him because he just does my head in on the touchline the way shouting, do, doing all this stuff and gestures here and there. And he kind of looks down on us. That's the kind of feeling I get. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if anyone else feels that. But it, with Saka there in that Arsenal squad, they're so dangerous. So we played, like against Manchester United, we showed when, when Anthony had that chance and Rashford had that chance, there are chances. And the Arsenal guys might take those chances. And then we find ourselves 2-0 down within within 10 minutes. That can happen. Um, or a red card. Um, and, and Becky, you mentioned, uh, you know, Romero or Van de Ven, you know. God forbid they go in with a, a tackle. Because in those North London derbies we've seen before, 10 minutes in, someone sent off and, and we don't want one of our players. So we have to go in with a very careful, you know, non-aggressive attitude, but, but a competitive attitude and try and get an early goal. And I think if we can get that early goal after 10 or 15 minutes and then build on that and, and get, get another one, you know, then they're in trouble. They have to come forward and then you have Son uh, with getting them on the counter-attack. And that's the that's the approach I would take against them. So really good defending at the beginning. Make sure we don't concede anything. No rash tackles going in. Don't get carried away with the atmosphere because it will be hostile, as we've seen before. Um, but also to remember that game when... Mourinho on the Amazon. Remember on the Amazon documentary, we, we, they were they were they were going for the title or whatever. Uh, they were having, and we had to come in and beat them three 0 Do you remember that, that that win when we beat them three 0 Like that was that was a big that we can do it. You know we can do it, but we have to. As you said, we don't have a great record at the Emirates. Um, probably didn't have a great record at Highbury, but look, that was the past. This is now. We have a team that can beat Manchester United. And I know they're not flying, you know, they're not doing very well at the moment, but we still took them out. We can take Arsenal out, but it will require a certain kind of calmness, as I said. And Richarlison, 
you know, I brought it up. He's not really calm. He's too so he's one player I probably wouldn't play against Arsenal. Um, to have Son up there and um and 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 support from Madison and, and, and even Brendan Johnson bring him up. But but we can we could definitely beat Sheffield by a lot of goals. Arsenal, if I was to go with a score, I'd say maybe two all, you know, two all. Um and and, and and we could win, but equally they could win as well, Chris. You know, they're a very good side. And we are too, but that's what I'm saying. It's it, it's even Stevens possibly, um, but they're at home. They have a great record there, um, so we'll see what happens. So score predictions for the Sheffield United game on Saturday. We've got a three nil, a three nil, a four one, and a five one. Uh, Johnny, thanks so much for joining us this evening. It's been a pleasure having you back. Uh, when are you back on the radio, and where can people find you on social media? I'll be back on the radio on Q102 in Dublin and all over the world on Q102.ie. And 102.2 FM in Dublin, and I'll be on Saturday at 11 a.m. and then on Sunday at 3 p.m. and we'll be talking. Um, you know, it's like hits and sport where I play a lot of feel-good music, but also we talk about the Premier League and some local sport too. But that's uh, that's that's what I'll be doing this weekend. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and Becky, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, look forward to having you back on in the near future. Where can people find you? Um. Yeah, at the stadium. So if you see me and Jack, we'll be there um, in the South Stand. Um, yeah, on Twitter, Becky D. Becky, um, and on the Cheese Room. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. It's you know, it's just lovely to talk about positive things and looking forward to matches and all the things that we've got to look forward to this season. It's, it's great. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. It's been so nice doing the podcast so far this season. And I hope I'm not speaking too soon because everyone's had smiles on their faces and everyone's in such a great mood. So uh, even Craig Dearman. Craig, where can people find you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, been, <laughs> been a few dodgy ones lately, isn't it? Uh, yeah, at Dearman 9 on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, if you want to just follow, that'd be great. But yeah, good to come on and talk about positive Tottenham again. So it's been really good. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching. If you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button, like, share and comment below. And uh, I will see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hold up 